Lively. This is Calling Old Hollywood, and this is my guest, Natasha Gregson-Wagner. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I am good. Doing just fine. How about you? Pretty good. It's crazy. Things are starting to slowly get back to normal in the world, right? I know. It's kind of nice. Yeah. How's How's the pandemic and everything been for you guys? Um, it's been okay. You know, we, we, we have a place up in Northern Michigan. So when the pandemic first, um, started, we, we went up there for six months Mm -hmm. and then came back and now my daughter's back in school. So that's, that definitely gives some normalcy. Mm -hmm. Um, my stepsons aren't, but my, and my husband's away, he's in Vancouver working and he had to go two weeks early to quarantine. So you know, that kind of stuff, normally that wouldn't have happened. And right. but we're just, we're just rolling with it. Definitely. As we all, it's been such a crazy adaption, but I think it's also kind of forced us, you know, like it's, it's been a big reminder. I think of like what's most important in life, well, For sure, you know, yeah. it really shifts the priorities and things. So that's been huge. Um, I think that's been a great, yeah, that's certainly been a silver lining of it for, for so many people. Definitely. So for the viewers, for the listeners, do you want to tell everyone who you are? Um, sure. So sorry, I am Natasha. Um, and we I wrote a book about um, my life with my mom, who was an actress named Natalie Wood. Mm-hmm. And um, about my life with her and my life without her. <laughs> um, and last year I produced a documentary also about her life and her work called Natalie Wood, What Remains Behind. I used to be an actress, but I, I stopped acting after my daughter Clover was born. My husband is an actor, so he's doing that. And I am working on some other stuff. Um, and that's me. I love it. Your the book is incredible to say the least. Um, it was very, it was hard for me to to digest digest in some ways because like my I also I lost my mother when I was twelve, um, oh. and it's it's kind of I'm gonna get goosebumps, but it's it's weird. Today's her birthday. Um, yeah, oh my God. I know, I know. Oh so I was God. like. I, I came over to my friends uh, to do the podcast over here and like, I got like her favorite cake. So we had like a slice oh, before and it just, it was so like serendipitous or like, this is so appropriate. Um, so appropriate. I love that. It was, it was crazy. So, but reading the book was so, I was like, you know, obviously circumstances and things were different, but the, the core of a child losing their mother at a young age, it was so, you know, the same. So it resonated with you. Oh yeah. Like on a, on a very hard core level, you know, it's like, geez, I just shut the book for, I was like, okay, all right. Okay. I'm going to keep reading. Like, you know, take a breath. Um, but it was wonderful. But what was that process like writing, writing that for you? Uh, well, the process was intense. It took me about three years to write it. Um, There were parts of the book that I had written at various times in my life that were just on my computer. And and so I was able to take like some of that writing, you know, and fold it in 
um, it was hard to live in that place of loss and grief um, for, you know, a long time. And, and sometimes when I would sit in front of my computer, I would just be like, oh, this is so uncomfortable, you know, but but then I would I would really feel um, so much liberation, you know, almost like a little bit lighter. I mean, I think when you lose a parent at, at a young age, especially a mom, it's like the grieving process. It's not linear, right? It, it, yeah. it like ebbs and flows. And so, yeah, definitely. It's not like I wrote the book and now I don't miss my mom anymore, or I don't have those scars. You know, I, I still very much do, but I think, and maybe you feel this way also, depending on the phases that your life is going in is how you miss your mom or what comes up for you about it. And so, um, in the book, you know, I revisited the, the younger parts, the, the younger times of my life where I would miss her. And then, so yeah, I mean, everybody says it's like peeling an onion, but it sort of is. And I don't even know if you ever get, you know, to the, to the core. I mean, I think at a certain point, it's just, it's just like a part of who you are, you know? Completely. I mean, that's, it's, it is absolutely, I totally resonate with that. Like as a kid, especially with, with the memories that you recounted of being a child and, and just kind of like, okay, but is mom coming back? Like what is, you know, and you know, the, the casket and, you know, the letter and everything that you wrote. I mean, these things are, they're so imperative and they shape our psyche, but it's like, as, and as we get older, it's, you know, when you're a kid, it's like, okay, I have no one to play with anymore. And then when you're an adult, when, when, when you're an adult, it's like, oh, nobody taught me how to, you know, how do I braid my hair or like, how do I, how do I do taxes? You know, you start getting into like, you know, would mom like this guy or, you know, it's like that kind of, you don't have a mirror for so many things. And so you have to like, you just have to sort of, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, I found some surrogate women, but then I also just stumbled forward myself, you know, and, and then I learned stuff watching movies or reading books and, but it's just, it's a sloppy, messy process, not having a mom, especially if you were very close to your mom, it it sounds like you were, Mm -hmm. she played with you and all, you know, so it's just, um, yeah, it's, I mean, now that I'm a mom, and I am very close to my daughter, Clover, who's almost nine. Yeah. I can't believe that she's almost two years older than my younger sister, Courtney, mm-hmm. when she, Courtney lost her mom, you know, and it seems like, gosh, that is just so young. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I, I won't, it's not lost on me that when Clover turns 11, that's, that's the age that I was. So right. it's a very intense experience. It's a crazy process. I read you were more hesitant um, to give interviews and to kind of talk to, um, I guess, the public, so to speak, about everything until you became a mother. And you said your perspective kind of shifted a little bit. What was that like for you? Um, Well, I think for me, I had a hard time feeling safe 
in that in the world in the outside world because when my mom died i felt like i lost my protector mm-hmm. um and because she was famous the outside world felt even more kind of uncertain to me yeah and so i i i searched for safety i think you know with friendships and love relationships and and i created a really nice group of friends around me that I feel safe with and felt safe with but you know I but I never that that feeling of having your own child and becoming a mother and being in a relationship where the person really supports you you know that I hadn't experienced and so I do feel that having my daughter has been the most healing yeah. experience for my my motherlessness mm-hmm. um and so I felt you know safer to talk about my mom and my grief and all of that because I had the support but also because I started to feel that it was my my duty for my daughter you know to to clean up any misconceptions and really help make the road smoother for her so that she walks into this legacy with less pressure than, than I did. Right. Right. That was my, that was my goal. I can't imagine just how, you know, it talked about like how the press and how people, you know, they write whatever they want to. It's that kind of like clickbait or, you know, this scandal this week or this theory that week. It's like that, I can't even imagine how difficult it must have been to to have to kind of sift through that or to see those things. You know, if you're just going to the grocery store, or you're, you know, whatever, it's like having that in your view. I, I just, you know, I could not, you know, so you're very strong. Thank you. Uh, Thank no, you. Completely. What is your, what is your daughter? Have you showed her, of course, you've probably shown her, her films and things like that. What does she think of her grandma? Uh, she's very proud of her grandma and proud to be her granddaughter and she's very sensitive my daughter and and compassionate and so she feels bad for me you know that my mom died and so which makes me feel you know I don't want her to to walk around feeling sad for me you know but she does um and she's very much a performer in her own right. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that's going to be a hobby or whatever. But she loves music and musicals. So she's seen West Side Story and she's seen yeah. Gypsy. Um, and she saw the trailer for the new West Side Story and, and she was really cute. She was like, well, uh, where's Grandma Natalie? It, why isn't she oh. in the trailer? And so I had oh. to explain, you know, that she's not in in this West Side Story, but she was in the other one. And, and she was like, well, does the other one go away? Because this one is coming. And I said, no, you know, they can exist simultaneously. And so she's, and, and uh, I think West Side Story is the film that, you know, there was when she started at her school in the in the music room they have a poster of West Side Story so in kindergarten she was sort of putting together so the poster in my school 
that's my that's the movie my grandma was in you know she's just trying yeah. to think about it. um and then she watched rebel without a cause we we showed her that and she was really into it she loves movies so she definitely has a um she can stay with a story yeah um, so i don't know i mean i think it's and she's seen um she's seen miracle on 34th street she's seen driftwood she's seen the green promise she's seen a lot of the movies my mom did when she was younger Mm -hmm. um so it'll be interesting how to see how clover you know develops knowing that her grandma was who she was yeah well she's got that love of films already she's definitely you know that's so that's so cool though i love that Um, yeah the documentary that you guys did, how did all of that come about? What was your kind of decision to, to put that out? You know, I was thinking about the documentary and my book this morning in the shower and how it really felt like, I don't know if you've had this experience in your life, but sometimes everything kind of coalesces and it's almost like the universe is like, you have to do this. Like they just put, it just puts everything in your, in your path so that it's, so that's kind of what happened. Um, Manoa Bowman, who is an author and a film archivist, he and I had collaborated on a coffee table book of, about my mom called Natalie Wood Reflections on a Legendary Life. And we had, you know, realized as we were researching that, that there was so much more material and that a documentary you know was in order but how would that ever come to be you know I didn't I just I was just you know getting into putting this book together and then Manoa introduced me to Laurent Bouzereau who directed it and he brought he brought well we pitched the idea to Amblin and then they came on board and then we pitched to various networks and HBO wanted to do it and so But, you know, it was just one of those things where my godfather, Mark Crowley, who passed away last March, he, you know, he was such an essential part of the documentary. My father, Richard Gregson, who also passed away, George Siegel, you know, we lost, we've lost three of those, the people that were in the documentary. Yeah. But all of those people were there and ready to do it when we were shooting. And so I really feel that it was the timing was just so perfect to say that yeah I mean that's it's so it's so unfortunate I'm sorry you know for for the losses but it's the timing of of having them you know be able to say speak about her and and memories and stuff just in in that time frame that's incredible you know yeah it really was and and to to um you know to shoot it and to feel that everybody was ready or felt comfortable to speak about it. I mean, we didn't always, I don't think five years ago or 10 years ago, you know, people would have, were, would have been ready. So this was a, it was definitely divinely ordained, I think. Definitely. I love that so much. <laughs> like today, right? Yeah, That's- no, I know when I was thinking about that, I was just, you know, cause I know we, we had settled on that day and I was thinking, why does that sound, you know, I'm going, that's my mom's birthday, you know, 
It's crazy. That's so crazy. It's it's very serendipitous and like, you know, Mother's Day and and the whole month and everything. So it's, you know, mom's birthday so close to Mother's Day. That's hard. It's been it's been it's been a trip. But I think, you know, it's when you I think, you know, and, and probably the same for you. It's like when you have a mother who passes young, it's like she she wasn't, you know, I had a little little more than a decade with her, but those kind of core morals and beliefs yeah. and like the love and the, you know, you she was around long enough to really, I think, instill so many um gifts and qualities and, you know, so many things that have like ab- you know, they've been like huge like anchors, you know, it's um to really be able to process and to continue living and creating and, you know, that strength. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're so right that they, they, they do, they put these like signposts on the road that you're going to be on. And then you can kind of look to them or hold on to them when you need to. And they just, and they are enough to get you to the next. Yeah, definitely. Cause it's, you know, and it's like, I know you were saying about like, seances and like different things that you guys to do. And there was, there was this crazy, it made me think about when I was reading that there was, there was this moment, you know, cause every child, I think it's like when that happens to they we do go through that moment of blaming ourselves, you know, it's like, it must be my fault or, you know, because of a, B or C there was this one moment, my mother was, you know, she was extremely spiritual and so am I, but she, um, I went with her once to get a reading Um, one of her friends was, um, doing a reading for her and her friend told her that there was going to be basically like told her what was going to happen. And I remember, yeah, yeah. Like she, yeah. And there were other surrounding events that she was talking about and I was in the room, but, um, I was like supposed to be watching like a Disney film or something off in the corner, but I overheard. And I remember wanting to say something, but also feeling like I wasn't supposed to hear that. So maybe I shouldn't say, you know, maybe I'll get in trouble if she knows that I heard that. So I never said anything about it. And then after, you know, I thought about that moment, but then I thought, well, why didn't she do anything if she knew, you know, if she knew these things I'm going, you know, so that was really frustrating to me for a while. And I thought maybe because I didn't say anything about it, she didn't wow. do anything about it. You know, I made these like connections with it. And, and then after a while, I, I kind of, I think after a few years passed, I thought, and I just went, well, maybe there was some kind of divine, maybe she wasn't supposed to do anything about it, you know, or, or, you know, she had her reasons that maybe I will never know. Um, but yeah, we all, you know, reading that though, I really like, we do. We all go through that, that kind of part of it, you know, with the with blaming and that, and that is a really hard, I think the, the blaming yourself and, and the unforgiveness toward ourselves, that's like one of those, it's like stones that you can rub over and over and it's still there. It's like, you can't yeah. get rid of it, you know? So that's a tough one. I, I, I feel you on that one. That is, yeah, it's crazy. That is a question that you will live with, you know, forever, right? Right. Absolutely. What does this was a reading about memories and and experiences? What does memory mean to you? Wow, memory is confusing because 
sometimes you wonder how much you really remember and how much you've created in your in your memory you know so um but I think because I want to remember and it's all I have are my memories of my mom um they become so incredibly um essential mm-hmm. you know and and for me and if you have children you may feel this way too it's like Clover knows who my mom is through my memories, you know, that I, the stories that I tell her, I mean, she gets to see my mom in film, but, but it's the stories that I tell her that she's most interested in. Um, So I hold on to my memories and I accept that maybe I've embellished them a little bit, you know, or not. I, but I don't, I'll never know if I remembered that exactly the way it was right or if I misremembered it you know Mm -hmm. definitely one of my favorite um on that note one of my favorite things that you mentioned in the book is how I mean every you know everyone was coming to the Cannon Drive house and and I mean in and out and the revolving door but you mentioned that you were more excited to see (laughs) Joyce DeWitt than Liz Taylor and Three's Company has been like my favorite show since I was a little kid. Oh, really? When I read that, I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I let her know. I loved that. I loved that so much. Um, I just had to mention that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, I think it's true. You know, when you're a child, it's like you, it doesn't matter how many times somebody tells you this person is very famous or very important or whatever. It's like you my daughter loves Henry Danger, this show called Henry Danger. And if she met one of the characters in Henry Danger, she would be so excited. You know, I think even in that exact situation. Definitely. Definitely. And I love that um, a lot. Ah, that's amazing. I love that show too. Yeah, it's really good. So you start, you went into acting for a little bit and then you stopped when Clover was born. Was that like did you have a genuine was it just like a love of acting or wanting to act or how did that transition out for you I definitely loved I definitely love acting and love to watch actors and have been very interested in the craft of acting um reading about you know different acting teachers and I studied with Larry Moss, who I love. And and so I loved watching scenes and watching how, you know, you would have an objective in a scene and the different beats and listening to the beats in your head. And um, so, and then also just the emotional component. For me, it was a really it was healing. It was like, it was almost like therapy, you know, to work on these characters that and and how ha- and find the similarities and the differences and and create the stories and and I do miss acting I miss the feeling of it and and the camaraderie and when you feel like everything is kind of working and then when it's not working and but I I I don't understand how I could do it 
while I'm being a mother. It just doesn't, I just can't figure out how I would do it. I mean, I know that it can be done and people do it all the time, but I, I just, I feel like with acting, you know, and I felt this when I was writing my book in the documentary, it's like, it, it's such a important, it's as important as a child mm -hmm. and your energy. But with the documentary in the book, I, I could organize those projects around while my daughter was at school for yeah. the most part. With acting, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that I, I and I get to help, you know, I help my husband when he's working and run his lines with him and help him with ideas about the character. And so I guess I feel, I, I you know, I feel like I sort of, and I, and I was explaining to Clover yesterday because she's working on a song on her guitar. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, give me a note, give me a note, you know? And so I, I gave her a note when she was singing the song to sing it to somebody that she really loves. Mm -hmm. And it totally changed her performance. And then we talked afterwards about why that changed her performance and how she, and I don't think she understood that that's kind of like an acting thing, but, mm -hmm. but she felt the difference inside of her that she was singing to someone she loved like her dad or me really? yeah versus just like singing the words and strumming the the guitar so right. um I think that it's always with me you know I just it's it's on ice right now totally I get that I get that a lot I was like before the pandemic I you know I did music and and I did a little bit of acting and things before the pandemic and then it really you know it's like you kind of had to put things on back for on the back burner but you find yeah. other other ways to I think channel the creativity you know is that when the podcast was born it was oh boy when I talk about some crazy serendipitous thing it was um I was on tour in New York and I was doing music and performing with with some dear friends and stuff and had this really crazy long story ended up unintentionally very unintentionally on the steps of James Dean's former apartment and wow. it was it's it's a whole story it's it, it's crazy um but from there i i just i felt so compelled when i discovered that to find out more and met the person who lives there and um basically went down the rabbit hole of like classic Hollywood and, and things like that. And it, it led to the podcast and a YouTube channel. And I don't know, it's been, you know, my, my parents, um, especially my mom, like they were very into class. I was raised on like Shirley Temple and Humphrey uh -huh. Bogart. And so it was a big part of my childhood. You know, we were listening to Sinatra growing up mm -hmm. and um, so it was, it almost seemed when all of that happened, like it was a full circle. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of went with it because it just felt like that's, you know, I loved music, performing, traveling, but I just, I felt like, okay, maybe I don't know exactly why this makes sense, but it does. And this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to go, go with it. Yeah. I just felt so compelled. I was like, okay, this is. Um, maybe this is for a year or 10, I don't know, but right now this is, this is what I need to do. So, you know, I'm just, I'm always, I'm like guided by like intuition, you know, that kind of stuff. So it just, it felt, it just felt right. So that's 
how we got here today. (laughs) That's so cool. How many podcasts have you done? Oh man, it's been a little over 50 now, I think. Um, it's, I've been so fortunate to interview, you know, just people that I never even expected from actors to screenwriters to, you know, a lot of like James D, his family, you know, people like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been remarkable. And for me, I just think it's so important to kind of, you know, we're getting further and further along in time. And I'm always hearing people complain like, oh, Hollywood or LA, it's changed so much. It's not what it used to be. I'm like, but there's still so much present day in the moment and it can be shared and created and remembered. So that's been the biggest catalyst is um, kind of keeping that in people's minds or introducing. I have a lot of even like it surprised me teenagers and people who listen to it and go, well, now I'm going to look into that person. And right. Yeah. That want, that want to learn about old Hollywood or classic Hollywood. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's like these people, they were the innovators, you know, the first of their kind and it was different back then, but they were really just the pioneers and, and so, you know, they had it, with the rules from the studios and every, all the things that it was crazier back then. I think, you know, it's a little easier now, you know, aside from social media, it's here and there, but, you know, um, just keeping it alive and keeping it relevant in the minds of people. It's, I just think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was definitely one of my thoughts when we made the documentary is that I, I want the next generation and the generation after that to know who my mom was and to understand how she contributed to the business, you know, and what a savvy um, woman she was, she, you know, being famous at that time was different. You didn't, it was really a big deal to stand up for yourself and to, you know, demand equality. And and she did all of that. So it's important that people, know who she was she was uh, incredible you know there's a story uh the other day I was where was I I was I was in Westwood I was at the cemetery and I was doing an uh it's a wonderful life themed video Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed so basically I so I went there to see Donna Reed and do some footage and then this couple came up to me and they said, oh, are you, find, are you finding a lot of great people? I said, there's a lot of amazing people who were buried here. And they asked me and they said, you don't know where Natalie Wood is, do you? And I said, I do know where she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I, I showed them and the man, it turned out that they had driven from like North Carolina to, wow. to see like, and he was a huge fan, um, getting emotional. Um, yeah. He was a huge fan and he got very emotional when I, but it, I was like, wow, that was, that was That's amazing. Awesome. Just to like, it was so, it was heartwarming and super unexpected. It was like, you know, I've been there before a few times, but just for that to happen, I was like, wow, you know, that was special. It was cool. That is special. And, and that's the thing, you know, I, I, I knew this and I, I know it again and again in different ways that she was my mom, but she, she impacted so many people in so many different ways. And so I never want to be proprietary of her. You know, I really want to share her because 
she, I think is, is like a healer, mm -hmm. you know, from the other side with, with all of her work. And so when I hear, and obviously I've heard many stories like that, where people have driven when I, um, when I started the fragrance for her, one of my best friends has a store on Robertson called Curve and she was carrying the fragrance and she would call me all the time and be like, oh my God, these ladies drove from, you know, three hours to get this fragrance or they're calling me. They want to, can we ship it to England? And there's just so Love many, that. she's so beloved and, and so I'm so happy that, that she's impacted people in that way and that I can, I can, you know, help that process along. Absolutely. I mean, that's just such a, it's an amazing thing, you know, I mean, she's still loved and like you're, you know, she's beloved even, you know, still today and it continues and it's magical, you know, but you, you know, it's like, I think it's cool though, too. It's like, you know, the world has the one side, but like you have your mom, you know, mm -hmm. like you have the different, like that personal she was, you know, cause she wasn't to you. She wasn't like a famous actress. She was your mother, you know? Yeah. And that's just such like, I think a heartwarming thing. It's like, yeah, the world has a, a part of, you know, and, and can adore her and everything and watch the films, but you will always have that, that piece, like, you know, you are her, you, you know, literally. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I have, I have her notes and I have her, you know, I have her voice and I have, I have that intimacy. I mean, I think that was the thing about her and maybe that's what people connect with in her work is that she was such a naturally intimate person. You know, she made people feel that they were close to her and especially being her child. I, I really felt that way. And, um, it's been a real gift because it it's like I carry it with me and then I also try to give it out as well Which I think is it's amazing you know you talked about in the book about like the storage like how are things had been in boxes and you know what that process was like um to go back to to all of it that too it's like that's you know and to compile things for the book and the documentary like the films I mean that must have been such a therapeutic experience too it was a daunting experience to yeah. go to go back into storage because you know when she died and we moved from Cannon Drive to Brentwood all of that stuff was just packed up and and put away and I was scared to go in there because I just I was scared I felt like it would be almost like a tsunami of of and reality kind of hitting me so hard and so Manoa unknowingly he was he didn't know that he was sort of you know cutting the trail for me but he was and and just having somebody there that was objective and could rip open the boxes and pull these things out and yeah. Oh my God, there's, look at this super eight tape and what is this journal? And <laughs> let's yeah. look at these photo albums. It was like, okay. He kind of like, I don't know. He just like broke the ice. And then I was able to go back at different times without him there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and more for the book, you know, go there without him. And, and um, 
do my research, but there's still undiscovered stuff in there. You know, there's still stuff that we, we didn't go through. Yeah. And I think about that. Definitely. That that is there. Thinking about like if I, if my mom's stuff was in, I, I don't know how I would react probably the same, you know, when you just, you kind of surround it and it's real, you know, even today it's like, you know, 27 now I was 12 when she went, but it, it's just, it's like an avalanche. I feel like it would an avalanche. Yeah. Just, Do you have a lot of her things? I have a few of her things. Yeah. Like one of my, I think my most my most sacred is, you know, she was so artistic and so, you know, always, you know, if I was writing poetry the next day, there'd be a stack of notebooks, you know, oh. it's like, right, right. You know, sing, right. All of that. And before, shortly before she went, um, she gave me a guitar and that ended up being the guitar that I taught myself. And that was such a literal instrument of grieving, um, to help me, you know, so I got to, you know, sitting on the front lawn, teaching myself to play guitar and write songs and kind of get that, you know, as much as I could at at that age from my own kind of depth of perception that I had, which, you know, all, you know, I think when you're a kid, it's just like mom's gone and you get older and you start realizing a lot of other things around it too. And, but in that moment, that was like the vessel. So that's my most, you know, kind of special um, thing that I still have. It's like she left you part of her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been, it's been a journey, you know, but I think it's such a, it's, it's also, it, I think it maybe if the same for you, it just gives you that kind of, I don't know if it's humility, but this kind of humbleness to appreciate and just to be grateful, like, you know, oh, yeah. waking up, knowing the next hour is not guaranteed. And, you know, it's life, life is short. I think you're really, I think that is so true. And, and, and I see that in my daughter, I think just as just being the child of someone whose mom died when they were young, like it, it even goes down to her generation where she recognizes the fragility of life and, and is sensitive to that. And, and so, yes, we, we are altered in that way for sure. Absolutely. If you could, if you could, if you had, if you were in front of like a crowd of people who've gone through, excuse me, similar circumstances, what would you say is a token of advice to them? Mm. Well, I mean, one thing that I, I would say is to feel your feelings, not stuff them, you know, and when the feelings come up, give into them because you feel better after you have a good cry, you know, or a, a, a conversation with a friend. And so that would be one piece of advice is to feel your feelings um and then also I think being able to have some quiet time Mm -hmm. in the day it's so easy to rush around I mean I guess that's one of the blessings of COVID is that we all had much more of that quiet time but I really feel like in the quiet time 
that's when we connect with our most authentic self. And that's when the people that we have loved and lost come to connect with us. So not to be afraid of ourselves in that way of, of the silence of ourselves. Cause that's when, I mean, for me, there were times when I was afraid to be quiet because I worried, well, what if my mom does start talking to me? I don't know if I'm ready to hear it, you know? And so if we make friends with ourselves and what we, and our sadnesses Mm -hmm. and our fears, then I feel that people on the other side can reach us more easily. I think the same, you know, it's when, when you have that kind of grounding, you know, or I, I find too, it's like in, in my most like authentic moments of just kind of, you know, I'm going for a walk or enjoying feeling the warmth of the sun or yeah. I don't know, just like on a hike or like doing something that is so, I don't know, it's just kind of, it, it levels you. It's like, there's something in those, those moments, I think too, that are, that are very, I always, I can like sense, you know, it's like having a sense of them around like the presence and, and things like that. I have no doubt, you know, they're, they're magical. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Simplicity, the simplicity of sunlight or the ocean or water or a beautiful flower or an animal, all those things. They're so powerful if we allow them their power. Yeah. No, that's, that's the key word, you know, if we allow it, it's like we get, we get so busy with things every day to, and we, you know, we take advantage as humans, we take advantage of so many things and, and sometimes we just forget, we forget to kind of stop, you know, we're too busy going that we forget to stop. And it's just, but like you're saying in those moments, that's when you're really like, you can connect and you can really sense all of it. And possibly in those moments of connection, you can find a moment of, of like healing or peace, you know, and that's, I think what, what, if we can string those little moments together, like beads, yeah, and we have like our little peace necklace or something. (laughs) Completely, completely. That's like, you know, in my life now, it's like doing what I'm doing and go on this crazy journey. It's like, there are those moments where I'm like, yeah, I think my mom would be proud. Or, you know, you think about that, that kind of stuff. It's certainly, I don't know. It's, there are some moments that are very validating and it's just, you know, but you never lose that. Like, I wish I could call my mom. There's that never goes away. I don't think so. I don't think so. And also the question of, would she be proud of me? Mm -hmm. You know, everybody will say, Oh my gosh, she would be so proud of you. I can tell you that I think she would be so proud of you, but it's hard to really own that for yourself on the inside because you don't have the mirror of the person saying, I'm so proud of you. Completely, completely. There was, there was this moment, like when I was, um, I don't want to make it all about me, but, uh, <laughs> it's just like, there was this moment when I was, gee, it was, sh- it was shortly before she passed. And I came into her bedroom to like sing her a song because I was just wanted to cheer her up and stuff. And, um, and she was very sick and, um, I wanted to sing her the song. So I held her hand and sing it to her. And, you know, she was, she smiled from ear to ear, even though she felt horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 
after that was she, she asked me and, you know, it's like, I was, I was 11. I was, it was, she passed when I was 12, but I was 11 when this happened. She asked me, she said, will you be okay if I, if I go, you know, and like, I knew what she meant, but my brain didn't, couldn't comprehend, you know? And I'm just like, what? Like, how could you say that? You know? And she was like, you know, I'll be your guardian angel and I'll look over you and I will look out for you and protect you. And me being a kid though, I was just like, you know, like arms folded, like, no, you're not going anywhere. You know, like you can't, you can't leave. You can't, you know, don't, don't talk like that. But now it's a moment that I look back on and I'm just like, whoa, you know, it's that powerful. Like that's a really big moment. Yeah. And and she is your guardian angel, but you know, you have to believe it. Like it's one thing for her to tell you that, but you have to embody that totally that inside of you. And that's, what's so hard. And I've for myself and for other people, you know, that I've talked to that have lost parents. It's like, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's work to, to embody that and, and feel and have the, the faith. Clover was asking me the other day, what's faith? And I said, faith is sort of, it's like, it's like a request. It's like, you know, it's like a request from the heavens having faith. It's like, it's such a hard thing to describe, but I think of it a bit like that, where you request. Definitely. It's profound. And that gives you faith, you know? Definitely. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. So Mm -hmm. if you, if you could have, how, how do I word it? You know? for people who are listening and watching, you know, if you wanted them to remember some something specific or specific things about your mother, what would some of those things be? Or even about your journey and how you've, you know, just kind of some of the strength and resilience that's helped you. Well, in terms of my mom, I, I hope people recognize that she was really brave Mm -hmm. and she stood up for what she believed in and who she believed in. She was not a casualty of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. She valued her insides as much as her outsides. She fought for emotional stability. um, And she was a friend to herself. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think, you know, my mom instilled in me tenacity. <laughs> and so I am tenacious with myself, most mm-hmm. of all, with my emotional health and well being, and that of the people that I love. So, And also that I think that my mom, you know, her most favorite thing was, was being a mom. Mm -hmm. And, and she was in, in her day, she was older to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And in my day, I was older to be a mom too, but it's been, you know, there's nothing that's more important to me than, than being my daughter's mother. And I, and I do feel that from my own mom too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she just, I, I know I like I've seen like f- family photos and things and she's, she totally glows, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like such a beautiful, I mean, you could just tell, you know, I think mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners or viewers? Um, I just want to share with you that I really appreciate this conversation and I had no idea that it would be so such synchronicity between us. Crazy, right? I know. I thought I was thinking about that too, reading the book. I was like, whoa, like there's, yeah, definitely. My friend, my friend here, he was like, does she know it's your mom's birthday? I was like, no, not yet. You know, it's like crazy. But happy and happy birthday to your mom. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an amazing episode and experience. For me too. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'll talk soon. Yes. Good luck with everything. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.